You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. One of the biggest ballot questions that voters in this region will decide on November 8th is whether to increase property taxes across four counties to expand and improve public transportation. The RTA proposal is designed to increase mobility throughout southeast Michigan, creating a vibrant economic hub in Detroit. The plan would allow more people from Detroit to access jobs outside of the city and vice versa. would also create lots of cross-county public transit. If you live in Macomb, work in Oakland right now, it's really difficult to get to work by public transportation. This would change that uh, significantly uh, in the near future. But the proposal, of course, was met with tepid approval from representatives of Oakland and Macomb counties. We saw L. Brooks Patterson and Mark Hackle both express concern about the amount of money that this would spend on transit in places other than where their constituents live. Uh, And they're worried that uh, the plan doesn't do enough to benefit their communities. For the rest of the hour, we're going to talk about the RTA proposal. And of course, we want to hear from you. What are you thinking about doing on November 8th with the RTA proposal? Are you going to vote to raise your taxes to get better transit? Are you disappointed with the proposal itself? Maybe you think it doesn't go too far. Maybe it doesn't do enough to get especially impoverished people in this region, both in the city and in the suburbs, access to better transit? Or do you think this is just the best we can do? After 40 years of talking about this over and over, trying over and over to get to this point, uh, do you think we just now have to do something uh, instead of failing over and over again? First up, I want to talk to a couple of WDET reporters who have been following this story closely. Sandra Soboda is the special projects manager here at WDET, and Laura Herberg is a reporter here. Sandra and Laura, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for Hi, having Steven. us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sandy, I want to start with you. You have taken a look, a close look, in fact, at uh, the the way that different people in different communities are going to be affected by this tax increase. It is not the same for everybody. Explain explain why that's true. So you're right. We have a map online at WDET.org. You can see it. It shows uh, different shadings correlating to the estimated cost per resident, resident <laughs> in right. different communities across not Southeast household, Michigan. Right. Not households. So uh, this shows a really great variance between what communities are paying per resident. So there comes with a few caveats. All right. We're data nerds here. We like to look mm-hmm. at the data. But really, it's a reflection in part of home values and how much they vary. You can see Detroit residents are paying, uh, per resident paying on this plan, uh, a really low amount compared to some of the out-county areas. Again, it is a reflection of the home values, but it does also show that the people presumably who would be using the system the most are paying the least in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and that often happens when you, when you sort of have regional taxes that that's that have a single rate that applies to everybody it's about home values i mean if you're if the homes in your community are not worth as much as they are somewhere else you're going to end up paying less it's also about land use because of the way we calculated um it's it's the it's the 
price, it's, it's the cost per resident. And so if you have a community that has a high proportion of commercial or industrial or agricultural land, it's going to be skewed a little bit. But it's the best measure we had to do it at the moment. Um, I would point out, you know, to be fair, the calculations were done in how the tax is distributed, that money does return about 85, at least 85% to each of those communities. And the politics of putting this plan together uh, assured that that would happen for communities across the four county area. Yeah. Uh, talk about some of the things that we will see if this passes uh, funded, uh, the things that we'll, we don't have now that we might see soon on our streets if, uh, if people embrace this, Laura. Well, the bulk of the money will go towards what they're calling premium transit, which is a uh, a rail to Ann Arbor and bus rapid transit. And for people that don't know what bus rapid transit is, it's kind of like treating a bus as if it's like as a train, a train. Yeah. And so what that means is uh, you can pay before you board. There are stations. So it's a little bit safer. It has a, the look and feel of uh, some of this premium transit that we've seen in other cities. And it moves faster than it, a regular bus. It doesn't it, stop as frequently. Yeah, it doesn't stop as frequently. And also part of it is dedicated bus lanes, which the which is one reason uh, to make transit more efficient. So you could tout it as a good thing. But as, w as we may hear a little bit later um, from the opposition, part of the worry of dedicated bus lanes is, is that going to congest the streets even more? Right, right. Uh, and the bus rapid transit is planned for the major spurs that the north south and sort of northwest and uh, northeast spurs we have here in metro detroit right yeah we'd be looking at bus rapid transit routes on gratiot michigan um and woodward but also over on washtenaw avenue yeah yeah it, yeah go ahead oh but so the, so that's like one mil of the 1.2 mil uh -huh. but then 0.2 mil will be used to um kind of uh, make better the systems that we already have. So DDOT and SMART will remain if this passes, but there are some holes, there are some gaps, there are some ways that those systems aren't currently connected very well. So um, some of that will be with these cross-county connectors. Um, <clears throat> some of that will be um, with uh, programs for people with disabilities and seniors, and also some of the people in um, the parts of the map that Sandy was just referring to, some of the more out-county areas that are actually paying the, uh, per resident a lot um, they would be if this passes because those areas are also some of the less densely populated areas they're also the least served yes. by the map right. but there is money in this proposal to try to develop um, kind of like dial a ride type services to yeah. connect Connectors. people to the to the main thoroughfares yeah. of the system yeah and that's what people are I think a little disappointed by some people are a little angry about that if you live in out county Oakland I think there are, uh, there are 500,000 people living in areas that would be served by these connectors as opposed to the the main transit uh, things that, that, that we're going to build, that, that makes it a tougher a tougher sell. It does make it a tougher sell. I, I, I asked that question to uh, Tiffany Gunter, who's the deputy CEO of the RTA, and she said, look, we're trying to be smart with people's money, and it just really doesn't make sense to service um, some of the least dense uh areas. So when you look at the map and it is they have a map posted on on their site, you can see the proposed system. The areas that are most covered by the BRT and um and these all these proposed services, they're in the most densely populated areas of the region. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, 
uh, Laura, you've also sort of been involved in trying to figure out what the opposition looks like uh, here. And and there is opposition. We should be clear about that. There are a lot of people who don't like this. And there is organized opposition that has sort of reared its head and said, uh, vote no on this. Talk about why that's true and who who is behind it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be clear. There's opposition and there's also a lot of, um, I'll say, lack of education or or knowledge. And I'll get to the main opposition in a, in a minute. But in part of my research, I actually rode uh, one of the new buses that has come out as kind of a preview of what may lie ahead of the systems adopted. And that's this reflex line that you can see. Um, one travers, travels along Woodward uh, from downtown to Somerset. The other one goes along Gratiot from downtown uh, to Mount Clemens. And on the bus, I was shocked. I was talking to transit riders trying to find out what they're going to vote on this proposal. And uh, I'd say over half of them had not heard of it. So I think when you're looking at whether or not this thing will pass, it's not just the opposition that you have to worry about, but about do people actually know that this is going to be on the ballot? And do they know that it's going to be on the ballot for all four counties? Um, but but getting to the opposition, so the main opposition that's kind of surfaced is uh, this group called No Massive Transit Tax, and they have a site, nomassivetransittax.org. And I talked to Leon Drolette, who is the treasurer for that group. He's also the chair of the Michigan Taxpayers Alliance. He's also running for Macomb County Commissioner. And a former state rep uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we had we had an extended conversation. And in that, he one of the things he talked about is he feels like uh, that buses are kind of transportation of the past. He calls them dinosaur buses. And, and so why would we want to spend all this money on kind of an archaic system when uh, transit uh, groups across the nation are looking at some more innovative ways to partner with ride sharing and um, uh, they're doing more private, they're contracting out private groups to make sure that they're spending their money efficiently. Um, But I think we have an excerpt of that conversation. So you can just hear a snippet of what Leon Drolette from uh, the the treasurer of nomassivetransittax.org is worried about. When you add up what citizens in Metro Detroit are already paying for mass transit between their gas taxes, their license and plate fees, what what they're currently paying in, through their property taxes, they're already paying a lot for mass transit, getting very little. But mass transit across the country, regardless of how much money is being spent on it, in very, in, in, is declining. It's been declining for a pretty long period of time. Declining in ridership? Declining in ridership. Exactly. And uh, only one city is experiencing a spike. And oftentimes, supporters of mass transit will point to like a 2014 figures and say, look, there's been a slight increase in mass transit ridership in 2014. If you take out the city of New York, it's actually down across the country. So one of the things, there are some things in this plan, um, like the regional rail, which will connect Ann Arbor to Detroit, and there's um, some bus rapid transit routes, which are going, they're supposed to be more express, uh, maybe go a little bit further than some of the current routes that are segregated by the two systems. Um, But what I'm hearing from you is that even with those kinds of additions, 
you don't think the ridership in the region will increase. Is that correct? Well, no, I don't think it will increase. Uh, but on top of that, some of those improvements that uh, are pointed out by the Regional Transit Authority are not going to be improvements for transportation in Metro Detroit. So their plan for rapid uh, bus routes includes closing down lanes on Woodward Avenue to cars, on Gratiot Avenue to cars, on Michigan Avenue to cars, so that lanes would be restricted to buses only on some of the major thoroughfares. Uh, This is going to make traffic worse for the great majority of commuters who do use their car to get back and forth to work. So some of those so-called improvements or selling points in the plan are really negatives. If you if you're the average person and realize that, you know, it's already hard enough, you know, uh, to get to work and now to close off a lane. And that's just not on the major thoroughfares uh, that I mentioned, but any roads that cross those because rapid transit lanes are have traffic signals that are prioritized for buses. So when a bus approaches, it'll cause cross traffic to have to stop more than they normally do. So this is going to snarl traffic and make things worse. Additional uh, improvements in this plan are not actually improvements at all again. Uh, you know, look at the Q line, for example. The Q line is a privately owned entity that's more has been spent on the Q line so far uh, than the entire DDOT, Department of Transportation, budget last year. The budget, I don't want to throw a bunch of numbers at you, but $135 million on, the, on DDOT, over $145 million on the Q line. Imagine what could be done with those resources. The Q line is a 3.3-mile loop that's within walking distance of about 5% of the residents of the city of Detroit. Nobody's going to take it to get to work. Nobody's going to take it to get to a doctor's appointment. It's a fun trip if you're going to a Red Wings game and want to go to a bar afterwards, but it's not mass transit. And this plan spends many millions more, tens of millions more, on a, on a, on a trolley that's a very little value to the average person trying to get around in Metro Detroit. I do have to say that a large part of the money that has gone into the queue line is from private entities. Oh, absolutely. It has been so far. And the queue line, when, when questioned, the, the uh, have stated that if this millage fails, they'll continue to move forward with the queue line. It just won't have tens of millions of dollars in taxpayers' subsidies. The people who own the queue line, who tend to be you know well-off individuals and organizations, will just support it privately. Okay, that was Leon Drillette, who is heading up the uh, the campaign to oppose the Regional Transit Authority millage on the ballot November 8th. Coming up next, we're going to hear from an advocate for the RTA millage. And, of course, we'll get to you on the phone. Stay with us, Tom in Northwest Detroit, Marlene in Southfield, Charlie in Troy. We'll get to you. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. We are talking about the November 8th vote here in Southeast Michigan to fund the Regional Transit Authority. We just heard from Leandra Lett, who is heading up the opposition uh, to that millage, saying that uh, we don't need to spend that money. It's a lot more money than uh, we need to spend on transit, and that there are better ways to get people places than buses 
and trains. Now I want to talk to someone on the opposite side of that question. Ned Stabler is the CEO of TechTown and one of the people really working hard to try to get this millage passed. Ned, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I, we still have Sandra Sroboda, the special projects manager here at WDET in the studio. Sandy, thanks for coming back. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Ned, uh, quickly, I want I want to get your elevator pitch uh, in favor <laughs> of the RTA millage. Why should people go and tax themselves more yeah. than we already do? for public transit? Well, first of all, we barely tax ourselves now. We tax ourselves less than anywhere else in the country, uh, and you get what you pay for in this world. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, so the reasons why we should do this are pretty simple. This is our first t- chance uh, at getting a comprehensive, connected regional transit system in most of our lifetimes um, that connects the four counties in a way uh, that will allow people to get to work, employers to have employees get there, thousands of unfilled jobs all over the, the metro area because they can't find people with reliable transportation, that will provide independence for our seniors. This is something I don't I don't think you guys have talked about a lot this morning. We've right. been talking about commuters, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, getting you know our seniors who are now living longer and longer past the time when they really should be driving to be able to get to doctor's appointments and maintain their own independence is an important uh, and that's a big thing. part of this plan, too. It's a huge part of it, yeah. uh, and something that uh, folks like uh, Brooks and, and and Mark Hackle were, were, were fighting for. More uh, senior transit, more uh, paratransit, which is another thing. When your Uber shows up at your door, you can't put your wheelchair in it. Um, you know, there's lots of things. That is if you had a smartphone in the first place right. and you had a credit card right. <laughs> uh, and all those other reasons why that's a totally impractical way uh, for doing it. Um, and it's really an affordable way. Uh, this metro uh, transit proposal is affordable, it's achievable, and it'll be the first time in, in our lifetimes we'll have a real connected transit system. Yeah. Sandy, you were talking earlier about uh, the fact that we just don't really have a culture here uh, of of paying for things like this in this way, or or of thinking of transit this way. It, that's true. When I first moved here 26 years ago, I flew into Metro Airport to visit the job I was going to, and I got off the plane and I walked down and I said, "Where's the train to the city?" I mean, I grew up in Chicago, and there was a train you to the city. You followed the signs to ground transportation and I, got there, and there was nothing it, there. It, it, there, people looked at me like, "What? What are you talking about? Crazy person flying in here?" And so, you know, that tradition of having a culture of mass transit, we just we don't have it, and that's been one of my questions to people like Ned, of how, if this plan passes, how do you really change that culture of getting people to understand why they're paying for this as a regional tax, like a lot of other things we do, the DIA, zoos, parks, but how do you really get people to buy into that mass transit is something for people of all economic groups and ages? I mean, we do that, as you point out, with the DIA and the zoo and Mm -hmm. some parks, but, but each time those millages come up, I mean, it is a pretty bitter fight around here about that. And you hear these same pushbacks about, well, I don't use that, or my family doesn't use that, or my community doesn't really mm-hmm. use that, and so I don't want to pay for it. That's I think that's sort of that core um, dynamic that, that, that you're trying to overcome. So you threw a couple of different things at me there. We got DIA <laughs> go and Ned, parks. Go. We got, but, but, but I want to start with, if when this passes next week, uh, not starting the next day, but shortly thereafter, you'll be able to get off at Metro Airport, get off your plane, follow the signs on ground transportation, and when you get there, there'll be a bus that Ooh. you can take I'm to Detroit or Oakland County and Western Wayne County, Macomb County, lots of different places. So this is part of the plan. So we'll be catching up to the, the 1950s in the, the sense that you can do that in the rest of the country. 
Um, and I think that's a huge part of it. You mentioned all these other regional ways we pay, we pay for it. And you're right. In a lot of other places, they don't use a sales tax. Or, I'm sorry, a, a property tax. They use a regional sales tax uh, and things like that. Here, um, uh, uh, we've had these other regional uh, attempts, and they've been successful. And I think that goes a long way in proving this can this really will work. We can regionally cooperate like we do in DIA and parks and Cobo and, and things like that. Um, plus, there's taxpayer protection built into this. So that the money that will be raised for it will only go for it. You don't have to worry about the, uh, you know. It's some, not going to end up somewhere else. Yeah, it's not going to end up in the parks or somewhere, something that you don't want or you don't use. Right. Uh, we have lots of people who want to talk about this, obviously. Uh, let's go to Paul in Pontiac. Welcome to Detroit yeah. Today, Paul. So as somebody who has spent time in other large cities in this country, this plan doesn't come anywhere close to providing a public transportation system or a regional transportation system. Uh, it, just from my perspective, I don't see that it benefits enough people to be good. So you want it to be, Paul, you want it to be bigger than what we're doing. Yeah. I want to see a plan. I want to compare it to someplace like a San Francisco. That doesn't <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, Paul, I, I, I am absolutely right there with you. I would love to be able to do that too. But do, do you think that's, that's practical as, I mean, you're just talking about going from zero to a hundred in one step. I mean, isn't this the way toward that? It's sort of a building block to say, well, let's start with this. We haven't done almost anything in 40 years. Let's get some things on the grid. Let's get some wins, and maybe we become like a San Francisco. And Stephen, that's the evolution in almost every other market. Is when you build out some mass transit, the people that are adjacent that aren't being served say, "Hey, I want, I want that it too," well, sure. and they build it out. I mean, it really comes down to, as you mentioned, how much do we want to pay? Right now, we pay sixty nine dollars per person per year for mass transit. Cleveland pays one hundred and seventy seven. Right. You know? We weren't going to jump from one to the other overnight. No. Yeah. I mean, well, we could. I agree. Could. I wish it were a more comprehensive plan. Yeah. But yeah. baby steps. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, not every city has had, I mean, I mentioned the connection of the train from airports in Chicago. That didn't happen until the 70s sure. or 80s, the L train making yeah. the connection from All O'Hare. And New York downtown. City was, was right. the 2000s, I right. think, to finally right. get the air train. Paul, thanks very much uh, for the call and the question. Let's go to Charlie and Troy. Charlie, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, three things. One, uh, I voted against it somewhat reluctantly. I'd like to see us have a you know, state-of-the-art transit system. But uh, two, I, I kind of think this was almost designed to fail. Um, uh, I just, you know, as a taxpayer, I looked at it. I didn't have a lot of education on it, but it seemed like that's a long time for a region that doesn't seem to have a lot of unity around it, I'd kind of like to try it before I buy it and maybe see a five- or ten-year proposal and see what they can actually accomplish before I commit to whole 20 years. So, Charlie, let me ask you this. How long have you lived in southeast Michigan? Well, most of my life. I'm 55, so except for about three years, I lived in L.A. and San Francisco, and, you know, even they have a lot better yeah. options than so, we have even la that you know when i lived out so, there in the early 80s it was you know terrible they've come a yeah. long way so 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 given the history here and the, the the fact that you've witnessed this history of failure over and over again why wasn't the chance to put a win on the board more appealing to you why you just talked about just, los angeles be uh you know building it out over time you didn't right. have any faith that we could do that i want to see true mass transit i want to see you know, trains that 
that go up Woodward, for instance, so I can get to work in Delray in a timely manner. I mean, you know, if it's going to be something, it's got to be something that appeals to the majority of the voters, and I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. no, Charlie, I really appreciate uh, your call and your thoughts, obviously. I disagree. I'm a little disappointed in your vote, but that's that's the way democracy works. Uh, thanks very much for calling in. Uh, let's go to Marlene in Southfield. Marlene, welcome to Detroit Today. You there, Marlene? All right, maybe she's not there. Uh, let's go to Glenn in Detroit. Glenn, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Sure. Boy, that is disappointing that uh, the first two callers didn't want to take the first steps. I, you know, Glenn, I think that is part of this cultural problem that Sandy Swoboda was just talking about. I, I, I think we don't have a lot of faith in ourselves and each other to make this work. And that's one of the things that uh, that the, the campaign for the millage is trying to, to overcome. But go ahead with your question, Glenn. Yeah, so um, my point is, uh, about the people uh, around the city, the whole metro area. There's a lot of people in the suburbs that are not going to use the mass transit system directly. Sure. But indirectly, the mass transit system enables people to move to jobs all across the region. And that means that they're going to be able to have a bigger pool of workers that are going to be more dependable if they are, if they have businesses in the suburbs. Or if they live in the suburbs and use the businesses in the suburbs, sure. they the businesses that they go to will have a, a, a better, a wider, more reliable pool of services. So it's you know it's not about I don't use the bus. It's about the regional economy and right. it's about workers being able to move on time and easily across the region. Yeah, no, Glenn, uh, I couldn't have said it any better. Than you just did. That I think that's the absolute case in favor of uh, of what we're trying to do. Thanks very much. To put a number behind it, Stephen, uh-huh. six ahead. billion dollars of gross regional product is what the econometric studies say. This is going to add to our region about four and a half billion of personal income growth in here because people can get jobs, businesses can hire more people. Everything you know, you you, you get a rising tide that lifts the boats. Right, right. Uh, John on the east side. Welcome to Detroit Thanks today. for taking my call. Sure, John. So as, as somebody that works downtown, uh, Cobo and Joe Lewis and all the theaters and what have you, we can't hardly get around anymore. We can't hardly get to work. <laughs> it's pretty crowded. To bring now, our right? tools. And a lot of us do use the people mover to get to the auto show. Try getting down to auto show at 7 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on an auto show day right. and try and getting to work on time. And uh, it's just going to be critical. Yeah. Yeah, no, John, mm-hmm. thanks very much uh, for that call. All right, Marlene in Southfield, you're back. Marlene. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear tonight. me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to say, I, I live in Southfield, and um, the plan, it, it may not be perfect, but it's the best we've seen in 50 years. So would we have to wait another two decades before we get this opportunity again? Yeah. And yeah. I'd like to also add that as far as the other communities the disabled and the elderly are cross counties. They're not limited to right. a certain area. That's right. And the, you know, I don't know if anybody saw the new New York was it the new uh, the World News Report, but the nation is watching us to see yeah. if we're going to continue to squabble or if we're going <laughs> to settle this matter. We're going to work together, right? It, yeah. Yes, Marlene. Get this thing done. Yeah. Thanks very much for the call, uh, Ned Stabler. Before we go, uh, we've got about uh, a minute left. Talk about how the vote works here. I think there's a lot of confusion. There's confusion on my part. People ask me every day, 
well, if I live in Macomb and we vote this down, uh, then we're out, right? Uh, and I, I, I think there's some confusion about. Yeah, no, works. no, they're not. This is uh, the total vote over all four counties. Uh, so uh, you know, and it's a simple majority. So there's no opt out like there has been on Smart and other things in the past. Um, this is about creating real comprehensive transit, and everyone has to participate. If you have holes in it, if you have disconnects, it won't work. As as Marlene from Southfield just mentioned. It doesn't work if you, you can't cross county lines. Yeah. All right. Ned Stabler, CEO of TechTown. Sandra Sabota, Special Projects Manager here at WDT. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. That's going to do it for me. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station.